0: Welcome to People in Exile, where we have conversations, host interviews, discuss books, and engage with the Bible to help believers live out their faith in an unbelieving
1: world. Welcome to this episode of People in Exile. I am your host for this episode, Chris Chambers, and I am joined per usual with the broken Ben Ellis. (laughs) And? No, oh, actually Andrew. Actually Andrew. Actually Andrew and the broken Ben Ellis. Uh, thank you, fellas, for joining us this morning. Um, we're going to pick it back up to uh, where we left off uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, we've been out. We've been uh, um, out. Working. Yeah. Well, life
0: has been crazy. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh,
2: Working.
0: Chambers Law yeah. is doing a wonderful job. It, Andrew's doing an amazing job over at Jericho right? Yeah. He's got ten million balls in the air as always, yeah. and uh, just doing a great job. So yeah. you guys have been super busy, and I'm and, and, excited ben, for all and Ben's
1: crushing his screw tape letters. Um, <laughs> you always <know>.
2: with that.
1: <laughs> hey, he put something out there the other he, day. Two of them. He that did. did it, he did an intro and, a uh, boy. Uh, and boy. number one.
2: That a boy. good. Good yeah. job.
1: Yeah. And he's teaching a Wednesday night class.
0: And I'm teaching a Wednesday night class yeah. on Christian worldview. Yeah. Which is really challenging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, having a good. Um, a good turnout there, Wednesday night, I think, too. I think yeah, Christian worldview right, is super important. I know we've spoken about Christian worldview here, uh, uh, you know, uh, earlier. I think maybe when we were looking at uh, uh, what is your calling, I think I think we hit some we've, of that. We've looked,
0: at, we've looked at it a couple of times, and I think that's just the reality of worldview just in general. I mean, even as we're, yeah, mean, even even as we're right? interpreting the text yeah. today, a lot of it, both our interpretations of the text are going to be garnered by our worldview, but also the text is also going to shape our worldview on the other side of it as well. Uh, like we're going to come into it with a worldview perspective and authority of scripture and objective truth. And those yep. kind of issues are going to be worldview issues. But at the same time, like, especially what we're, you know, who Jesus is yeah. and, and, and what the reality of humanity is and the end of history and the goal of history, all those issues are going to be, you know, brought along in part by the text that we're, we're walking through today. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's do this. I, I did want to mention, we did give away another, um, uh, Sermon on the Mount book, um, you know, since our last episode, um. Andrew how do we how do we give away those books
2: we want you to there's a couple options you can like like and share this episode we have a live video going on right now if you want to go ahead and share that that'd be great so we have uh, and then
0: also we were Chris Chambers playing Vanna White holding up the uh, studies in the Sermon on the Mount by uh, by by Martin Martin Lloyd-Jones and uh, John Stotts the message of the Sermon on the Mount and uh, uh, DA Parsons, Carson. the sermon. Uh, you don't know, more can you hold up any more books in your one hand, man? That'd be amazing. Look at that. Oh, oh, look at that. Rockin' it. What were the title of those? Well these are we're not giving these away, so <laughs> <laughs> not well, getting
2: does. you're not I won't say that one yeah, yeah. guy's <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can like, share, comment, all those great things and I'll put you in the running. And also subscribe. Yeah. And then but we need to know that way, like you got yeah, to comment know. on the episode mm-hmm. or something like that.
1: Yep, absolutely. So um, so with that being said, we'll go ahead and, uh, and jump into this text. <clears throat> so again, this morning we're um, we're looking at uh, Matthew chapter five and we're picking up in verse 17. It says this. Do not think this is Jesus speaking that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Right. I have not come to abolish them, uh, but to fulfill them. Kingdom of Heaven. So that's the text uh, that we're going to be looking at uh, this morning. Now, before we jump into that, just kind of a a reminder of where we have been. We have uh, Jesus, uh, you know, beginning his uh, his ministry. Uh, Got crowds in in chapter four of Matthew following him around. Uh, He goes up uh, onto the mountain and begins to speak. He starts out with the Beatitudes. Uh, We we spent quite quite a a while walking through the Beatitudes. Beatitudes really are the characteristics right of or the character uh, of someone in the Kingdom of Heaven. Someone in the kingdom of heaven will will have these characteristics. And again, we're not taking one of these uh, beatitudes uh, and and, and looking at them uh, all by themselves apart from the others. Uh, uh, someone in the kingdom of heaven will exhibit all of these characteristics And then he moves from there and talks about the salt and light Which would have been our last uh, episode And uh, that's really the impact, right? That that uh, someone in the kingdom of heaven will have on this world uh, and, and, and again, as we pointed out last time It says you are the salt of the earth You are the light of the world It doesn't say you you should uh, 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 seek to be this You should pursue doing this But this is actually who you are, right? And think of 2 Corinthians 5.17 The old has passed away, the new has come, right? Your, it's altogether new nature uh, that we see, and, and that's what Jesus is, is, is speaking of there with salt and light. And then we come to this section here, which really sets up the next section, which we'll get into in future episodes. Uh, but this one here, he tells us that he has not come to abolish the law, uh, but in fact to fulfill. And again, keep in mind, as we mentioned in, in one of the intro um, uh, episodes, uh, that Ultimately, this is about the authority of Jesus, right? The Sermon on the Mount is about the authority of Jesus. And we think even at the end, uh, chapter 7, verse 28, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for uh, he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their uh, scribes. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what Jesus is speaking about here. And so, again, if, 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 uh, of all the texts in this, again, all of them are talking about his authority, but certainly this one kind of takes it to a, to a whole new level.
0: Well, I think it gives a grounding for it yeah. more than anything else. I mean, Jesus is, is going to make, uh, you know, especially as we look forward, Jesus is going to make all these statements. You have heard, but I say. You have heard, but I say. Uh, but even before that, Jesus kind of, as he lays into the gospel with the beatitudes, and he lays into, you know, laying a, a really a, a, a command in so many ways, or, or a statement of na- of human nature. Uh, the nature of somebody who has believed in the gospel he's he's taking a lot of authoritative claims because he's he's really claiming something to be true that is above and beyond everybody else's perspective of yeah. what he's looking at so to the, to then ground this in the idea that the the word or the law and the prophets which is just a sh- shorthand for what we what we hold as the old testament the entire yeah. old testament really uh, is 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 Encapsulated in that shorthand, uh, he he's anchoring his authority to what has already come before. So it's not like this is a new authority. Jesus mm-hmm. is a special magical authority that didn't exist in the world before. But rather, this is the authority that harkens back into uh, to an older uh, what C.S. Lewis called a deeper magic. Uh, from the line, the witch in the wardrobe. For all you know, out there paying attention, if we but had, like, if
2: we were really cool with like technology, we could have a <laughs> C.S. Lewis ticker going <laughs> on up here.
1: We'll <laughs> have our coffee drinking game. <laughs> all right, here it is. Here it is. There's one. <laughs> all yeah. right, so
2: here, here's where I want to start with this. That was a good Ben. Um, can you imagine being in that audience and hearing somebody say, "Hey, I'm coming to fulfill all this." Yeah. Like that's like, I mean. I would have been. I mean, I don't know what that would have felt like for mm-hmm. those people.
0: Well, and I think too, there's two. There's two sides of the coin there too, right? Because there's a side of the coin for people who are like looking around, going, "Is this guy completely lost his mind?" Because they're saying th- they've they've encapsulated themselves. I and I think C.S.
2: Lewis calls that the lu- lunatic liar, l- lunatic liar, lunatic, lunatic l- and lord, lord, yeah, the
0: yeah. trilemma. Uh, yeah. So the uh, <laughs> so this guy's a lunatic, right? So here we go. So there's there's that reality, and I think that comes from that Pharisaical background that says, you know, hey, look, we're trying to keep all these laws, and now he's not. I'm not just going to keep them. I'm going to fulfill them. And then you've got the other side of the coin where they're just as astounded, but in a totally different direction. And that is the people who are actually looking for the Messiah to come yeah. because now they're going, is
2: this is actually this him? the guy? Yeah.
0: Is this? I mean, he's claiming to be the guy. Yeah. You know, so I think, I think you're absolutely right, Andrew. I think it's, it's on, but, uh, but I think it's two kinds of astonishment uh, that are potentially present.
2: I think, yeah, dead on. I, I, I don't think that us who, I mean, I think we can get it, but can you imagine feeling the emotion of that at that time? That's the part. I I don't know. You know, like, I mean, this is a cheesy, cheesy example, but it's kind of like, I remember when I was in the, in the Cleveland area and LeBron was like, you know, came back and I'm going to win all these championships. And he said that kind of like, you know you got all these people like an emotionally involved in this now. Mm -hmm. Right. And obviously this is a lot bigger of a situation than that, but there's a lot of these people They're They're living in, they're living in exile. They're they're under a Roman authority. They uh, have had a dead period for Mm -hmm. hundreds of years. Right. Mm -hmm. They've had John the Baptist come, just come on the scene. And so they're like, okay, something's definitely going on. And then you have this guy stand up and say, Hey, I'm coming to fulfill the law. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that would have been, You know, if they had the, you know, like the media outlets that we have today and Mm -hmm. stuff, I mean, that would have been, that would have been like the news. Like, it would have been like, holy cow, who is this dude, you know?
0: Yeah, just the the sheer weight of of what he was claiming. Yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: And and he's saying he's saying, look at me. He's saying, watch me. Right, Uh, I I am going to do this. I have not come to again as as we've stated, abolish, but to fulfill all of it, every bit of it.
0: You know, and I think that's actually a really interesting point too. Is that Jesus has always been Jesus continuously watch it. Yeah. Like, don't just take my word for it. Yeah. Watch what happens next. Right. See what comes up. And I think that's and I think that's one of the reasons why we see so many miracles happening in 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 the gospels particularly in the gospel of john who is actually using miracles to 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 justify
1: his mm-hmm. claims yeah and uh so we we uh we, we look here a little bit uh let me let me get back to the text here uh all right so do not think that i have come to abolish the law or the prophets has been uh, mentioned out you know we we when we he see that phrase it's the Old Testament it's the old testament right the mm-hmm. law i think of moses uh, there the first five books the prophets mm-hmm. uh, beyond mm-hmm. that um we have um uh, so I have not come to abolish the law of the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them, as, as y'all were just talking about. He says, for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, mm-hmm. right, until ev- heaven and earth pass away, so he's pointing to something, right, uh, there, uh, not an iota nor a dot will pass from the law until all is uh, accomplished, and again, you, you could, you could, you could really, you know, dig into this if you wanted to. But this, this idea of a jot or a tittle, uh, in in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, right? I believe is where we where we take a look there. Um, is essentially like a comma or, or 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 a dot or a piece of a letter. Yeah, it's, it's right? a piece of a letter. Yeah, it's the, it's it's a piece the of a extension yeah. uh, that that mm-hmm. kind of goes beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I encourage you to look it up. I mean, g- you could just Google that, right? Uh, uh, and you could find think what of, what that looks like. Think of an apostrophe like. or something. like that. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's such a small thing. But again, what's the point? What's yeah. the point?
2: It, 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 everything. No, yeah. nothing, 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 Nothing. even the minutest the. Even the, we the, were even the yep. dill and what's he say the, the, when he's like... Cumin. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. all the different spices.
1: So yeah. we, we, we look at Jesus and, and I think it's important and I can't remember which one of these commentators makes this point, but we look at Jesus and he... Was, was it that? C.S. Lewis? It might have been. <laughs>
0: We don't have a C.S. Lewis commentary on the Sermon hey, of the was, Mount, boys. It was just a good time. To C.S. C.S. Lewis,
1: nonetheless. Hey, uh, Tim, that was for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, um, uh, Jesus was uh, the author of Scripture, right? That's the law, the prophets, uh, New Testament, uh, all, right? Uh, yeah. Jesus, the author of Scripture. Jesus is the subject of Scripture, right? The Old Testament mm-hmm. points to him. Uh, 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 we have the Gospels, which which is all about him, and then moving forward in the epistles, uh, we have uh, looking back and talking about right uh, mm-hmm. uh, him as well. So all of Scripture is about him. So he's the author, he's the subject, and then obviously, as as Ben kind of already alluded to, you have heard it said, but I tell you, he's the great interpreter mm-hmm. and the only mm-hmm. interpreter, really, right of uh, of Scripture as well. The only only proper interpreter of Scripture. That's really good. Well, you got to be
0: careful of that though, because the whole, the Holy Spirit is going to later interpret Scripture. Okay, and, and not not that I want to divide the nature of God there and be like. Nitpicky in that sense, but but I mean, it's like yes, Jesus is going to be the the ultimate interpreter of Scripture in the present space time because of the because of who He is and how He occupies that. But He also promises the Counselor is going to come in and later along the line, He's going to help us interpret along the way.
2: Yeah. All right. So I want to move the conversation in a different direction now. Is that all right? Eighteen. He says,
0: "For truly I say to you, heaven and earth." Yeah.
2: Get to that part where he says, "Okay." No, nothing will pass until all is accomplished. Mm-hmm. All yeah. Right. So, so I want to pose this as like a as a question. I think each one of us would say that the accomplishment of this, the fulfillment of this, is the, the resurrection. Yeah. yeah I would even go to that yeah. point. I mm-hmm. would. I I would say, okay, are you in agreement with that statement? Yeah. No, yes. I, I
0: don't. I. I, n- 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 I which resurrection?
2: I'm sorry, which resurre- first
0: Jesus's resurrection yeah, then no, I wouldn't agree.
2: okay, that's a good uh, that's a good reason I mean that's a I'm glad you said that because we got we got to know where we w- where this is accomplished, right because if <laughs> we go to that one, then this gives then this gives us a challenge with what how much do we still
0: yeah, how much do I mean do we really need the Old Testament? yeah if, if Jesus's resurrection is the fulfillment of everything, then all of a sudden everything changes
2: because if you read this, if you read this, 'Cause I still will say it's Jesus' resurrection. All right. I do, even though I think you make a good point there. I mean, here's a here's an important piece. What? Something's getting ready to change, right? Mm-hmm. I mean it's getting ready to change. This law is not gonna have the same weight and the same bearing. And the reason I would say it's Jesus' resurrection is I think Paul gives us a little indication that when he says what, um, basically in former times I'm trying to think of how Paul would say it, but it's uh these things were pointing to I'm, what epistle is that in? All these were pointing to Christ. And so I would say that the, that, that fulfillment does happen at the resurrection. But, mm. but if it doesn't, then I think it puts, I don't know, either way, it puts, a, it puts a big weight on us to try to figure out what we still hold to from the Old Testament versus what do we say has been accomplished. Well, so this is where we're getting into like ceremonial law. This right, is where we get into right. all these things, and I think this is the doorway into that conversation.
0: Well, I think I think full fulfillment and accomplishment don't have to be the same thing, right? <coughs> so, so I think that—so even just going back, for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest jerk shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. But he said—but Jesus also says that he's fulfilling the law, right? So those two things don't have, to, don't have to happen at the same time is what I'm saying. Like, you can fulfill the law and still have it be— culturally binding, in certain aspects, be culturally binding, right? There are still moral aspects of the Old Testament that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter how you try to get away from it, they're still binding on believers.
2: Okay, right? I'm, I'm in agreement There's a ceremonial
0: aspect that... Yeah, agree, I, and I agree completely. I'm trying with to figure out...
2: Okay, that's all f- well and good, but I'm trying to figure out what is our actual binding element then? Why is it binding? What makes it binding? Where do we draw the line? Where did we draw the line and say, you know, these are ceremonial... Therefore, we do not bind ourselves to them. You know, we mm-hmm. got a clear example like food. You know, sure. we see that one mm-hmm. clearly. And I think it's mm-hmm. even in the book of Mark. He has like a little excerpt there. He's like, you know, all foods are now clean or whatever. So sure. we have something like that that shows us that example. We have, you know, I think it's Acts fifteen sixteen when they're dealing mm-hmm. with, uh, again, it's a food issue. And it's also, a, I think well, there's it's, s-
0: it's the in-gathering where Jews are now, I'm Gentiles, Gentiles are now yeah. being entered into the church. And Paul's showing up with Timothy, and you've got James and Peter, and you're like, "Hey, what's going on, guys? We got to figure this stuff out." Yeah, and because I think
2: I think that's what causes a challenge right here. It's like, where do you say it's all accomplished? You right. know what I'm saying? Where do you say okay? Wait, well, where do we where do we draw this line versus where do we not draw that line? And then why? Well, see, my struggle with
0: that here though is is that when we look at this, we're reading this from the perspective of having the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're looking at, but all of our examples exist in the context of no New Testament. Right. Acts 15 isn't written when James and John and Peter and Paul and Timothy are sitting down trying to figure this stuff out. So certainly they perceived much of the Old Testament is still binding upon them. But they don't because
2: they only hold them to three things.
0: But what are the three things?
2: Sexual immorality, food sacrifice to idols, which then gets changed by Paul later. Because he says, let your conscience decide that, and then there's a third one. Actually,
0: he says, let your weaker brother's conscience decide that. But
2: that's the point. He says, don't surrender your freedom to anyone. So that's what's challenging about this statement to me. But those three things, if you look there's, at those... There's it, one more, and I'm failing to remember which one it If
0: is. you look at those three things, and this is a conversation I've had on a couple of different occasions, if you look at those three things, categorically, they actually fit into three different cons of of the law. I think they think the, whole, the, the law is still... In the, in, not in the sense of this is how you redeem yourself, but in the sense of this is what it means to live holy and morally upright before God.
2: So just everybody can know what Ben and I are talking about. Acts 15, 28, 29, uh, 28 is kind of the beginning of, of this sentence, 29, or statement, 29 says that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what is strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. <laughs> That's what they wrote the church. I mean, I don't want to laugh like it's not a big... I'm, I'm, it just, to me, it's a challenging subject, because you have one document, uh, we got the scripture, but I'm saying you have one letter that seems to be addressing a certain issue like this, they' are like, hey, don't eat stuff that was strangled, don't eat stuff that was dealing with blood, and keep away from sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in my my opinion, I want to stress, I'm not for everybody out there listening, i my opinion. They're taking a statement like this: this law's been fulfilled, and this is how we're deducing it. Don't mm-hmm. do these things. And I, I don't know. It's just fascinating. See, to me. I just, I for me though, I
0: think because when you divide up the Old Testament into the various ports of the law, the civil law, the 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 moral law, and the ceremonial law, you see the ceremonial law fulfilled, it, the whole the whole law fulfilled in its bastions. But the civil law was designed to separate Israel from from a secular culture, from a from a non-believing. Non Jewish culture, right? But we still live in that kind of mentality, right? We still live where the church ought to be fundamentally and live fundamentally different from the secular culture. But well, now around we're getting us. into a different conversation. Do we well, say we, the church
2: in Israel are one and the same? Or well, seven? and
0: that, and that is that is a different. Co- but what I'm saying is, even even without that part, conversation, we can see it analog as an analogy, right? We can see that as analogy that the people of God, whomever they are, are to live functionally different from the secular world around them, right? Because they're indwelt. By the by the person of God, whether that be in the sense of the temple in Israel or whether it's whether dwelt by the Holy Spirit in the terms of the individual believer. Either way, the people of God are to function differently because they have different names, different priorities. They have different roles. Right. They understand the world differently than the secular world around them. So they are to live differently.
1: As the, uh, as the non-seminarian uh, of the group here, <laughs> I'm going to jump in and just uh, say this. Uh, this is, uh, obviously, it's a, it's a great conversation. I think it's a good thing to, to as you're studying scripture to think through. Uh, but to simplify this text for a moment uh, for myself, uh, and potentially others out there that may feel the same way that I do, what in the world are these two talking about? Um, no, 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 hold on real quick. Uh, uh, if, we, if we look at Jesus saying, I have come to fulfill right? The law and the prophets. I think we could simplify that and simply say this from a gospel standpoint, right? What has he done? He has lived the life that none of us are capable of living, right? The law sets up the standard. He, he he lived to that standard. He accomplished uh, that standard. He fulfilled uh, that standard for us. Uh, the prophets, again, pointing to the Messiah to come who would ultimately be able to fulfill that. And Jesus came and said, I have come not to abolish any of these things, but to fulfill them to, to every every, you know, dot every I, cross every T. Uh, and then ultimately he did so. Uh, on the cross, uh, his death, burial, overcame death, overcame sin, uh, rose again, and now intercedes for us at the right hand of the Father, right? So from a simplistic standpoint, uh, would y'all have any disagreement with with, with those statements?
2: Zero. I have zero disagreement, or zero, yeah. I think the challenge, though, and I want to be clear with this, and I don't mean to belabor this point, I, I think if we just leave it there, then that, I mean, that's, that's sufficient it's good but it's a, this is a very challenging statement mm-hmm. if you're going to hold the old testament yeah. as the word of god which every one of us in here do Absolutely. and we we understand the binding element it still has upon our life we don't look at these as two separate books one important one not important it just makes this one it, 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 a statement like this just says it gives me like huh okay What does this mean here?
1: Is is it fair to say this then? um, um, However highly you hold this particular statement, you can never hold it high enough.
2: Maybe. You you follow what I'm saying? I do. I think think so. I think think the reason I didn't say yes emphatically is that obviously there is a point that this has, there is a sufficient point with this, Mm -hmm. and Christ knew what that sufficient point was. Mm -hmm. And then so whatever that sufficient point is, Then that's as high as we got to take it. Mm -hmm. So,
1: well, I guess the question I'm asking is: Is are our finite minds capable of really truly understanding what it means to fulfill the law and the prophets as Jesus is stating here?
2: I would say my Gentile mind definitely not. Yeah, I don't know about a Jewish mind, but I I don't know. I would probably know. Mm -hmm. You know. I don't know how else to answer that. I would say probably well, not. I,
0: It's one of those things that you're dealing with, the finite and the infinite. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to lean into it. The infinite is doing something. The finite is always going to have a limited ability to understand what he's Definitely. saying. I mean, that's just the reality but, of it. But I know but you— But there's, there's also a point in which you have to say— It's given to us
2: to the, understand.
0: Exactly, right. So The gospel was given by the infinite to the finite. Mm-hmm. Will we understand it? every right. nook and cranny is of what that means the perspicuity
1: the perspicuity of scripture right the yeah, clarity
0: yeah. of scripture so, so i mean there's there's a sense in which you you understand what he means enough to to understand what it means to have a relationship yeah. with god right and i think that i think the text and this is where i i differ from some people and i'm aware of that but i think the text was given to us for us to understand yeah right now As we grow, as we mature, our understanding of that is going to deepen. But I mean, it's the same thing. If you have, you know, if you literally, literally, and this is not a joke, I read. Uh, you know, I read the Chronicles of Narnia to my children. Everybody, grab your coffee. Right? <laughs> I read the Chronicles of Narnia to my children, and and C.S. Lewis is talking about the deeper magic, right? With with the, the White Witch, and she's holding Aslan to the to the to the law of, of an exchanged life, and Aslan reaches back and says, "Yeah, but here's this idea that you know there was a deeper magic involved in that," and and Lewis was writing a letter to a mother who says, "You know, I absolutely love." <laughs> you guys are killing me with this. He's writing a letter, and he said, "And the she's this mother." is super concerned and says you know I really my kid loves Aslan so much but I can't get him to church and he doesn't really care much about Jesus and Lewis just simply writes back and he goes you know what it's okay because if he loves Aslan he will love Jesus because Aslan was formed around the goodness of Christ Mm -hmm. so just hold on to it Keep him involved, keep him plugged in, keep reading him Jesus, and let him grow into, I think, into a much different extent. We do the same thing when we read the Scripture. We're growing more into a greater understanding of of who Christ is and what he's going to do. So even as we look at these hard statements— we can push in and continue to understand them.
1: All right. So be- because of the conversation that that uh, I'm going to say you two have had, um, <laughs> but but look at the weight of nineteen. No, 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 no I'm, I'm with you. I we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that in just a second. That's, but, what, but the that's question, I mean it gets to the, the, like, the question that I have is this. Uh, and again, I know I know your your thoughts there. But let's say there's somebody out there and they're listening and they're thinking, like. Whew, that's, that's over my head. I don't even know where they pulled that out of and what they're talking about. Um, uh, like, again, what would the encouragement be? What would the encouragement be for somebody out there that's okay. feeling that way? It, Jesus, verse 19.
2: Verse yeah, <laughs> 19. <laughs> the, the encouragement is Christ did it. Yeah. You don't have to Absolutely. do that. And he's not asking you to figure it out. He's just saying, trust in him. That's the encouragement, that's the encouragement every which,
0: which is the whole point of the gospel anyway, right? Exactly. We have to trust in Christ. We don't work for it. We I mean, trust for it.
2: I always go to the example of the man on the cross with Jesus. Yeah. You get, and he's like, he didn't. He said, remember me this day. And Jesus is, says, assuredly, you will be with me today. So yep. it's not figuring all these things out. It's trusting the one who's already figured them all out, mm-hmm. who knows it all already. So that's the, that's the encouragement what's what's it what's also cool is as you get that and you're assured and rest in that then you can start to have these conversations like okay yeah. Why did he say this? What does mm-hmm. this mean? And and that's where I'm taking it because then you know, just a segue, if you will, look at nineteen. Mm-hmm. Nineteen is a weighty verse. Yeah. Because I mean, this is I mean, it's got tons of weight. So that's why I think 18 has such an importance, because nineteen then says what? Whoever doesn't teach it and relaxes this, what will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Correct. Now there is an encouragement there, kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. you know, and so I don't want to take this to hell. I think there is a difference in what he's saying here. Yeah, but it, yeah, it yeah. definitely shows. Us that there is some importance of understanding what the law means, and 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 uh, understanding what Christ's interaction with that law is. So, you know,
0: I think you know. In going along with what's what Andrew was just saying too, is, is that I was thinking as as Andrew was thinking about this, I was actually thinking about an IKEA desk, right? Yeah. So I, I know everybody's like, what? So you go into the IKEA store and you see this this desk, and you are like, man, that's a really cool desk. I don't really want that for my office. That'd be awesome. I think that would fit perfectly, right? And you so you've seen. Right, a finished product. A finished product. You've yeah. seen the picture of what this is, and then you get good it, luck. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> you get it home, and you've got pieces, and you're like, "What am I gonna do with this? Is not." This is not what I saw in the store. Yeah. yeah. Right? So here we have Jesus in the incarnation who is, you know...
2: He's the Ikea desk, He's man. the
0: Ikea desk, man. Jesus the Ikea desk, <laughs> right? It's the... Ex- <laughs> okay, that's... I, Ooh, I'm that, gonna, that's uh, where you were going. I, I know. It really is. It really is. But like he, Hebrews, we'll, we'll make this a little more spiritual. We'll elevate it a bit. Hebrews says that he is the exact image of, yeah. the, of the immortal God, right? Yeah. So we've seen what a perfect life looks like. Yeah, We've seen, and that's, and that's part of what this passage is telling us, is that the, I'm going to live the perfect life. I'm going to fulfill the law in all of its pieces, right? And then we get it, and we're like, man, that's a lot of uh, desk pieces. I don't mm. know what I'm going to do with all those desk pieces. I don't even understand what this strange-looking L-bolt is going to do mm-hmm. when I put it in the desk. But just like Andrew's saying— You trust the directions. You step into the directions. You do it well. You do it the best you can. And you come out with the desk. Because why? Because the the directions are good. Mm -hmm. The word of God is good. It Mm -hmm. is helpful. It is fruitful. It is brought for us to understand who God is to the sufficiency that we can as finite beings, Mm -hmm. right? And, And we appeal to the idea that we trust in the directions and we follow who he is. We trust in who Christ is and we trust in that and we follow that forward. And that's what brings us to wholeness. That's where we get the IKEA desk. You know what I mean? We follow it all the way through, and then by the end of the thing, we got a desk in our office, and it looks just like the one that's over in the store, right? Mm-hmm. And that was awful, and I'm Ooh. never doing that again. <laughs> well. <laughs> Sermon um, illustration's never right. to use. Ikea desk, check.
1: <laughs> so, uh, okay, we're, we're about the, almost the 30-minute mark. Um,
2: so what you're <laughs> saying is we got to keep on going or so, stop going. So
1: we got – we well, it's a, again, we, we – verse 19 we didn't spend a whole lot of time there's anything else you want to say about 19 before we end with uh, verse 20 i
2: I will just say one one passing thing here it's encouraging that that it does say kingdom of heaven Mm -hmm. at the end of that you know because um you know i'm trying to think of the reference where it says you know not many of you should become teachers because you're going to be held up it's over in james james okay Mm -hmm. not many of you should become teachers right and uh i believe i think we should take that very seriously because Mm -hmm. When we become the mouthpiece of this, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, we've we we are therefore then the interpretation. You know, as we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, we're the interpretation of what this is. So we got to be very clear that we know what we're talking about. Um, but it's encouraging here in nineteen that he's saying this is not a um, salvific yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then that, but in the other way, it, it brings another challenge to me because. And I won't get into that; it's a different conversation. But uh, it, th- th- I think I would leave it there. It's that's good, you okay. know, from the standpoint of hey, at least you're at least you're there.
0: Yeah, no, I think, and I think that's a huge encouragement. But I think the other the other encouragement here that I think is so great is that you know whoever nullifies the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, but whoever keeps these keeps and keeps and teaches them. He shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So I think there's this there's this duality here that Jesus is, is giving us as, as believers in Christ that, hey, look, there's a sense in which you're just teaching this, but there's also yeah. a sense this is living this. You're teaching yeah. this really in the way you live. Yeah. You know. And that's the reality. And I think that's such a great encouragement for us is, is, that, uh, is that as we walk along, we are continuing to learn to be more and more in the image of God. And that's, I think, a beautiful and wonderful thing because there it is. Here's Jesus teaching us in, in one small facet yeah. how to be conformed, how to be the, the creatures we have been created to be, which I think is is what beauty really is, is the idea that a, a thing or a person conforms to that which it has been created to be. Mm, good? Francis
1: Schaefer. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: It wasn't, it, <laughs> it wasn't C.S.
1: Lewis. It wasn't C.S. Lewis. No, what, what I was going to mention there as well is, it was a kind of already alluded to earlier today, but because of what Christ has done, there's some individuals who take Scripture and say, well, because of that, I don't have to follow the law anymore, right? I don't have to walk uh, in, in the deeds that we've been called to. Uh, what's the term? Uh, there. Antinomian. That's it. And uh, so, um, anyhow, I think it's pretty clear here that that's not what we're, we're called to, right? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Here. We're and- called not only to teach it, but to live it. Absolutely.
0: Well, Especially when you pair it with the Ephesians verse, which is you were prepared in you know
1: before called to work yeah, beforehand yeah, yeah. for right. good works.
2: Exactly. But you look at Paul in Romans, he says, What? <laughs> Regardless if the law's there or not, yeah. it's written on your you know yeah. these things. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely. So twenty, are we ready? Are we ready? Twenty, in my opinion, is the most encouraging verse of all these. Yeah. I think it's the most encouraging. Here's the reason why. Because on the front end, it sounds like the most challenging, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Because you got this audience, and they, they're more than likely looking up to these people. Sure, Scribes, and, man, Pharisees, yeah. Man, these yeah. are the dudes. These yeah. are, you know, they, if anybody's mm-hmm. got it, they've got, they got it. they got it, yeah. And so when Jesus then says, hey, your righteousness has got to exceed these, yeah. mm-hmm. okay, I would imagine their first interpretation, first hearing of that is like, what? Oh, what? No but yeah. but the but is what there's only one righteousness that's going to exceed mm-hmm. all, and that's Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what? so twenty in essence is a pointing back to whom? Yeah, Jesus. Well, so and and, and Jesus. again,
1: just before you keep going, verse 48 of chapter five as well. Right? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Exactly. Right? Right. And, and so starts and ends this uh, section. So that way. It,
2: I think what this section really gets surmised to is that verse and the fact that Jesus is in essence where we're pointing started, to himself. That's it. Yeah. 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 And so you could then somewhat, and I don't want to take this too far, but you could then somewhat say that 19 is saying you have to teach who? Christ. If Mm -hmm. you don't teach Christ, you're the least (laughs) because that's the really that's the only way the law is fulfilled is how. You teach the gospel message. I, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have fulfilled this, you know. I mean, look at Luke 4. He says, I've come for the poor, the blind, the oppressed, the captive, and today it has been fulfilled in your hearing. hearing. It wasn't in his doing. It was in his presence and Mm -hmm. who he is. So 19, in my opinion, it's not, this is not saying we don't still teach, like don't, you know, we do teach morality. We, We, I mean, the church... That's something we, we have to teach. Yeah. But Holiness. We te- yeah, yeah, we yeah. teach it. We teach it but from the perspective of what? This is a fruit of who God is. Right. You know. And so we, yeah and, and, and it's
1: it's not a try harder uh teaching that that we're giving there well uh you know I, I keep falling this in Well, just try harder right just try harder and you'll get there no 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 it's a, the same way we're justified the same way we're, we're, we're sanctified, sanctified right yeah. uh, it's by grace through faith right? it's the
0: outworking of the gospel <laughs> yeah. in our lives that's what it is yeah. like uh-huh. we trust in Christ and there are entailments there are things that come along with that mm-hmm. you know and it's it, we have to live those entailments of the gospel not because we have to like you said try harder yeah but because uh, going back to the new creation that yeah. you cre- that you were talking about earlier, 1 Corinthians five seventeen. If you're doing a new create, if you're living as an actual new, if you are an actual new creation, yeah. there are some things that are going to come alongside of that. Yeah. And being something different is going to change the way you do things and think things right. and write things. And, right. and they're going to change also how you interact with the things that you used to be as well. Yeah. S-
2: so seeing that our name is People in Exile, I think a good way to end then is, okay, we live in a culture right now that has a a system of laws that maybe some of we don't agree with, and I'm not going to go into those today. Nope, I don't think sure. that's the point. Mm-hmm. So, what do we do with that? You know, what do we do in a culture that you know, as Ben was making point to earlier? You know, we're the church, so we got to be different. You yeah. know, uh, different, hopefully in a good way, not not no weird or oh my goodness, the church, really Oh boy, uh, yeah. So, so I I would think one of the encouragements that we need to we need to really. Incur- one of the things we need to really encourage people that are believers in with this text is you you must grow in your intimacy with Christ, and therefore you must grow in your freedom with Christ. Mm-hmm. And then you that freedom is not just to go do more things, but that freedom is also a freedom to say, you know what? This society or this place might not do it the way I want or might not do it a way that is pleasing unto God, but I can still what honor and glorify God in a culture that maybe mm-hmm. is not honoring and glorifying God. I would think that's one encouragement because we sure. have an anchor right here in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ.
0: And I think the history of the early church really did. Like, I I think about this, uh, especially in terms of, of Jesus talking about collecting taxes, talking about, you know, looking at Romans and Paul saying, uh, you know, hey, look, the the state has the, has the sword for a reason. Yeah, and, and then Paul says, what?
2: Well, you don't even have to fear the government if you're doing right, which right. is kind of which ah, is a big because deal because he's yeah. going to be killed by that very government. Very much so.
0: but he, And then he also says, pray for your leaders. I yeah. mean, so there certainly is like, like you know, I think we've talked about many times before, there is a civic engagement involved. But the reality is, is that our ultimate commitment, our first priority, is a commitment to the gospel, yeah. the, the commitment to Christ through the gospel that has saved us. And then our lives match up with that reality. And, and you know, if, if that means that there will be times of civil disobedience in our life, That's okay, too, right? Because especially in our culture, civil disobedience is something that's encouraged. You know, it's something that's allowed, it's permitted. So, I mean, it's something that we're going to have to to kind of live through. But I think Andrew makes the best point, which is just simply to say, we live out the Word of God the best that we can we love our neighbors, we love God, and we just drive it at that.
1: And again, I, d- I would just, uh, this is going to extend it about four minutes, so just bear bear with me here. Uh, but uh, people He's in exile. pretty exact
0: there. Pe- I know, four <laughs> minutes. Ready? Go. Go. Go.
1: People, people, <laughs> people in exile, we think of Jeremiah there, right? Who, some mm-hmm. of those individuals who were uh, literally living through that exile that is spoken sure. about there in Jeremiah. We have uh, Daniel chapter three, right? And Ben and I spoke about this briefly the other night. Pastor Tim mm-hmm. uh, preached on it Wednesday night. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, we think Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, we think of uh, Daniel right there. We think of uh, Nebuchadnezzar as the king, the wicked king, right? Comes in, uh, uh, c- conquers all of Israel, uh, takes these folks into exile. Of course, Jesus tells them, listen, uh, you're going to go into exile, but you're going to seek the welfare of that city, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think all of us would say that uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego certainly did seek the welfare uh, of that city. And yet, sure. in, in, in that moment, we see in uh, Daniel chapter 3, of course, this is the fiery furnace, uh, we have uh, them being commanded to uh, to bow down to this, this statue, this god. ultimately worship Nebuchadnezzar as God and they say, they say no. You know they, they 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 when when everyone else is kneeling and this includes a lot of uh, of of of, Isra- of folks from Israel right sure, the yeah, Hebrews sure. uh, while they were down on their knees Shadrach Meshach and Abednego uh, were still standing right yeah. they refused to bow down and uh, uh, th- this is something that hit me the other night and I mentioned it you Ben uh, but if we go to if we go to Nebuchadnezzar if we go to Daniel chapter four rather what we see in Daniel chapter four is is almost a a, a, a testimony of of Nebuchadnezzar and again I don't know I don't know where you stand on this. Uh, well, Andrew. the letter
2: he writes well things.
1: yeah 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 so so uh, he, he ultimately you know he he, he is struck down stricken down because of uh, he is struck down I'll say uh, because of his pride and arrogance of what he built and he's saying look what I have done look what I have built he has this dream Daniel interprets it for him he refuses to to bow his knee right ultimately to the, the one true God and then he was struck down he's eating uh, uh, grass and all this stuff it's kind of relegated back you know no longer the ruler but what we see after well, this, I think it's seven years right he ultimately is given his uh, reason back and he looks up to God and it appears, if you look at the, the, the language that he uses there at the end of uh, Daniel chapter 4, that he, he he truly gets it. He understands that there's only one true God. He understands he's not God and, and he's even thankful that he's not God if you, if you kind of look in there uh, in that section. So again, I, I believe that Nebuchadnezzar is will be in heaven one day. I believe that he ultimately was a, uh, uh, a, um, a god fear before he, he died. Uh, but if we go back to Daniel chapter 3 for a minute, we see, uh, again, seeking the welfare of the city. You mentioned civil disobedience. There's going to be times yeah. when doing that, right, well, a- it is absolutely the best ultimate, right, good yeah. for everybody around. Th- but yeah. that's
2: – but okay, so this is a really cool point. We could yeah. go like 30 minutes right, here. right, right, right. But I would then make an argument that's actually best for the society right now. Right, correct. Right. Because, no, I, I think we all agree on that. Because, and G.K. Chesterton talks about this, and he says, well, only re- – th- Our culture is the only real culture, and that sounds like a very arrogant statement, but go read Orthodox and you'll understand what I'm talking about. But this idea, go with Nebuchadnezzar, Mm -hmm. right? He says what at the end? man, I'm glad I'm not God. Yeah. Yep. So it's best for society for us to tell the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because truth is what actually sets people free, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. only for the now, but for the later. So we have an example of if we have a government that thinks they are deity, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, we see this in China right now. Mm-hmm. We see this with Absolutely. Hong Kong. Who are the, a lot of the people that are fighting for the freedom in Hong Kong. They're believers. Yeah. And what are they saying? No, no, no. You are, are not God. Yeah. And this is not us not liking you. This is us saying, this is what's best for you and for us. And so yeah. what I think is fascinating is sometimes in the point in time of these disobedient seasons that Christians have to have against civil authority or whatever, it may look like they're you know well these are just some weird people, right? But what they're actually doing is they're they're sustaining society. They're mm-hmm. keeping well, society functional, yeah. you know. So and, and this is it's a big conversation, and I'm not the best to articulate those points, but I think it's a great one you bring in there.
0: But this is actually how you love your neighbor too, exactly. And that's what I think is so important about this, because because uh, part of this, you know, part of this people in exile, th- this uh, this man on the street perspective here too, is, is this is how we love our neighbor, right? If we we've always asked this question, this is I don't have to feel warm and fuzzy about this, yeah. right? I don't want to I don't have to to love this idea, I don't have to be excited by, it. but this is how I love my neighbor. This is how I pursue the highest good possible for. My neighbor, which is which is the second greatest commandment according so, to Jesus.
1: So again, I think as we're reading scripture, and I know for me this is true, uh, you go to Daniel chapter three, you read through that. I think I typically put myself in the spot of. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? That's what I got to do. I got to stand up. I don't think we we typically put ourselves in the spot of Nebuchadnezzar, but, but are we not that? <laughs> are, are we not Nebuchadnezzar? Think, think about that in, in, in this uh, section. He's built this 90-foot statue, gold statue to himself. He's made everybody <laughs> yeah. bow down to worship him, yeah. right? Uh, he's saying, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance, right? And when they refuse, what happens? I'm going to turn that thing up seven times hotter than it has ever been, and I'm going to throw you into it. Again, what I believe is a f- future brothers in, it, 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 that, that, will, that will be in heaven with him they'll, they'll share uh, heaven with them and yet what happens Jesus shows up in the midst yeah. of that Jesus yeah. is calling yeah. him wooing him to himself even in the midst of his utter depravity yeah. utter wickedness yeah. uh, and, and and yet you see Jesus show yeah. up just like that it's Right. beautiful and, um, and so, anyhow, again, it, it, especially as polarized as our society is right now, it's easy to see ourselves as us versus them, right? Don't allow that to happen. Yep. It's not us versus them, right? Yeah. We are ambassadors for Christ, and yeah. we have to be ambassadors for Christ. And that means loving those who it may be difficult to love mm-hmm. in the particular season yeah. and understanding that this is somebody who, who Jesus died for as well and is maybe using you to draw them uh, to yourself. And it's not easy. No. It's not easy. No. Uh, yeah. That's good. Because, yeah. I
2: mean, our battle's not against flesh and blood. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, who wants to close in a word of prayer? I will. All right. Lord, thank you so much. This is what's so wonderful about your word is that once we get around and we start talking, Lord, it just, um, it, through the power of the, the Holy Spirit, Lord, there's just there's just so much there. It's active. It's alive. And, and Father, it brings about your purposes. So, Father, I just, I just want to say thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that the three of us in particular, we can do the absolute best possible according to your word of being these types of people that we're talking about that can love our neighbor. And that's as Chris said there at the end, it's love, not see an us versus them, but just a no the, the, we're here to love. We're here to showcase you to everyone. And so Father, I pray that for our audience and I pray as they they interact with this text and Lord, they think about your law and they think about how you fulfilled that. I pray that they would take great comfort in that. And I pray, God, that they would explore the mystery and the depth of who you are. We love you, Jesus, and we pray these things in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Hey. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you.
0: As always, thank you for listening to People in Exile. For more information, visit the website, peopleinexile.com, and make sure to follow us on Facebook. Until next time, keep praying and seeking the welfare of your city.